Welcome to Nerds Around Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And on this episode, what are we doing, Sammy? So, last I checked, guys, we were finally getting a chance to look at the martial arts classic. Uh, the best of the best. Um, Sam? Yeah? Did you get that memo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, best of the best, right? No, this is the best of our first 100 episodes, Sam. Oh, Are you sure okay. you got the memo? We Whoops. can get you another copy of the memo. It's the best of the best, at least, right? <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part of this bit is that I'm just about the only person that remembers that movie. <laughs> I thought I was the only one watching random 80s kung fu movies. Nope, 80s were legendary for their Kung Fu movies, and we are past our 100th episode. Yes. Uh, We're bad at math, so we scheduled a guest for our 101 episode, which should have been our celebration of our first 100 episodes. So on this, our 102nd episode, we are looking back at our first 100. And one-ish episodes? Well, thank Thanks to Sammy, I have now seen the Star Wars Holiday Special. So now I'm, a, I'm a fully aware specials don't have to make sense. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's okay to never show me. Don't, don't line up. And this <laughs> special may very well not make sense, but we are going to look back over our history. Uh, a little over, what, a little over two and a half years-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've been at this little, little while. We started out as a... A bi-weekly podcast and then we went to weekly and uh, the first little bit we were short a host our round table was not complete and then we found our third musketeer sammy is so great to have you along with us on this ride uh it's it, it's been great you know that's this is something i look forward to every week actually fellas so well great well <laughs> At, at, with, the rate Disney's buying th- at the rate Disney's buying things, we may have to start calling him a musketeer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would be fine with some Disney money, which leads us into our first little segment. You know, since we've been doing this show, this was really our first podcast, and, and most of us have ventured off into other podcasts. I know, Jamie, uh, uh, famously, you have three shows counting this one. <laughs> Sammy, you have uh, this one plus one other. So Jamie has, yeah. uh, you know, he's on this one plus graphically novel with the brothers reviewing uh, uh, famous graphic novels and Black Hammer and Zafram, uh, him and uh, his wife Edna review. Sam, you famously have this one and the One Thin Dime podcast where you yeah. review comics that had the original cover price of. A dime or maybe 15 cents. I, I yeah. know sometimes we've got to stretch that a little bit. <clears throat> but you know, the things we've learned podcast, we'd like to share with you guys a little bit in this little, in this first little kind of introductory segment. So guys, what are some misconceptions that you had venturing into the podcast production realm? Well, see, my, my biggest misconception of what I thought this podcast was going to be, and it's led to a lot of confusion and search engine difficulties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Dwayne and I have been friends for, I think, longer than we, uh, you know, <laughs> pulled Sammy into our orbit. And um, 
so, but we we talked about we we were both driving at the time for you know jobs, and we were had a lot of time on our hands listening to podcasts. We talk about podcasts all the time, and so I had the big idea of like let's start a podcast. And so I pitched the idea to Dwayne, like, let's start a podcast. And so here's where the misconception comes in. I thought, let's have you and I be like permanent hosts leading a discussion group. We'll have a big roundtable of rotating guests. So that was the original idea. It's like, we're going to have a roundtable. Roundtable. Let's lean into an Arthurian theme and be like nerds, but with a K, like knights in our table, nerds in our table. It's great. And then we never did the roundtable. And so... <laughs> And so adding the K to nerds doesn't make any sense. Being called nerds at the round table makes absolutely no sense. And so the biggest misconception is my whole idea and design where I thought the show was going to be completely fell through. And now nobody can find us in search engines. <laughs> well, I, I love that, you know, we, we have owned it. We have kind of kept along with our little funky uh, name there. And, you know, I think my personalities kind of make up and fill out the round table sometimes. <laughs> I feel awful on some things. Um, and, you know, we have brought our Galahad in, you know, with Sammy. But, you know, my, my biggest misconception, because you listen to these podcasts, hey, Stamps.com is going to throw money at anybody. You know, there are a million and three internet mattress companies just looking for someone to, to, to pimp their mattresses. Where are the sponsors, and how do you find them? <laughs> yeah, that that was that was one of my biggest misconceptions uh, of forming a podcast. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll put it out there, and some things will happen. And, yeah. you, and aside from having a blast, making a lot of great connections uh, in in our local and regional nerd community here, and even global, I believe, uh, you know, a little bit there, we we really are still, you know, shilling the dime for this ourselves. With no corporate sponsorship, Disney, we're pointing at you. <laughs> Sam. We, 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 we like are hucksters for them already. I mean, come on, leave <laughs> some money. Yeah, about 50% of the news items that are news episodes it's, are Disney related. Oh, yeah, yeah, most of the news now are Disney related. Yeah. So, Sam, what, what are, what's something that you kind of didn't think was going to be the way that it turned out? Well, you know, um, I'd, li- I'd been listening to podcasts for a long time, and um, I'd never been on one, never never did anything like this. And what I've really found is, you know, great podcasters make this sound easy, mm-hmm. you know, but it really takes time and work and just a lot of tweaking here and there to try to make a show really work for an audience, you know, I mean, just sitting around and talking and, and, you know, hashing nerd stories and thoughts, you know, that that sounds great on paper. But, you know, how many people really just want to hear us blather, right? <laughs> so, but it, it takes a lot of work and you're having to think about audience a lot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, to, you just sparked an idea in my brain. But like, it's, it's just funny looking back. You're talking about the hard work angle of it, like how long mm-hmm. it really took us to sort of nail down the structure of the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, it took us a while to figure that out. I mean, and I mean, if, if you're just showing up, like you said, blathering, I mean, it's, it's less interesting. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I definitely think some of the structural changes we've made, that it took us too long to get to. <laughs> but um, I think it made the show better. And it's just, it's just not easy. And it, it requires you to be a lot more thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we used to rabbit trail so badly in, in so many things. And we would have hour and a half episodes, episodes we had to split into two parts just because <laughs> we went almost 
two and a half hours <laughs> on it, you know, so you've, you've really got to think about it. Yeah. And oh, sometimes hold yourself back. Which we will yeah. start doing, Dwayne. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, knock it out. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, of course I'm, I'm afraid the show is just going to be, you know, <laughs> all rabbit trails. <laughs> oh, well, it's yeah. a good possibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but this is know, a pretty self-indulgent exercise we're doing right now anyway. So. Yeah, this, yeah, this is pretty self-indulgent. <laughs> Speaking about self-indulgence, you know, there's some favorite things I'm sure each one of us have about producing a show. So, Sam, why don't you lead us off with your favorite thing, uh, producing a show? You know, I, I think for me, really, it's just working with you guys, you know. Um, I Like I said, I mean, since I, I came on officially, I think it was the April 1st, 2019 Tombstone episode. Uh, you know, I've looked forward each week to really be able to hang out. You know, growing up in this area, did have a whole lot of outlet with people somewhat like-minded. You know, in, in a rural area, we didn't really see that a lot. And so just... Being able to connect with you guys, being able to talk about, you know, things that interest me, interest you all, and, and get different perspectives, you know, for, from the, the older guys to the babies, you know, we're, we know what we're doing. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, I, if you're referring to me as the babies, um <laughs> We, we need to widen our circle of friends. It's all relative, man. That's, that's what uh, I've my, learned. Uh, my, mine's very similar. Um, I'm a pretty introverted guy. Um, some, some would say I'm just bad at friendship. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so just ha- having this podcast, having this like appointment to get together with my friends is a real help to me. It's kept me connected to you guys. And it's just, you know, pulls me out of my shell. Um, because, I mean, my, you know, I may be chilling something soon in this regard, but, you know, my, you know, my whole goal in life is to be a writer and to, to make my living doing that. And that's a pretty isolated endeavor. You know, I'm by nature, I want to create things, you know, individually. That's, that's, that's my it's our internal bent. Me at a desk with a laptop or something, you know, and I'm all good. That's all I need. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, so, but it's, it's just nice, you know, having this appointment, to, this excuse to get out of my shell, to get out of my comfort zone and hang out with my friends. So I, I just, I, I love that we have this every week. Cool. Yeah. Well, I knew that was the direction you two guys were going to go. And I feel 100% the same with that. You know, we, our discussion is so great. So looking forward to, <clears throat> but now I do truly love toying with the sound, toying with the equalization of the show, the order of effects, how much reverb, compression, filters can we put on here, sitting here with a keyboard <laughs> making and layering fun sounds with my MP3 files up on my laptop, Jamie, much like you're writing, I'm composing, you know, and, and uh, authoring out these sounds that you hear in between the little segments and bits, uh, you know, tweaking things offline, tweaking things that I've created, and that is just so much fun for, for me and creative outlet, uh, along with, you know, being able to vocalize and look deep into some of these movies and bounce off of you guys these ideas. But, you know, it's all not daisies and sunflowers. The least favorite thing about producing a show. I'm going to lead off. It's what to get cut. What to cut (laughs) in editing. You know, you talk about the rabbit trails. The rabbit trails can be so much fun and so interesting. But it can 
totally derail uh, the flow of a show or really take you over your time limit and, and get the show lost. <clears throat> because let, let's face it, we all have lives, we all have jobs. And, you know, a lot of times people listen to these on commute or on lunch break or, you know, while doing some housework. And, you know, there's a limited amount of time to that. But yet the, my least favorite thing to do is, is the things that get left on the cutting room floor. And sometimes those are golden, sometimes not so much. But th- <laughs> those, those are still tough, tough calls to make. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, the, the, the toughest thing, my least favorite thing, you know, we pick so many movies that I grew up watching or movies I, j- I just have this nostalgia for. And being, you know, doing this, you have to be able to separate out nostalgia for almost to look at it with a, with a critical lens. And that can be tough is separating that that childhood love of a movie, try to look at it through critical eyes, through adult eyes, instead of, you know, the little, you know, eight-year-old that's still running around somewhere in my brain, you know. Yeah, um, I'm going to change mine on the fly here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that Sammy's point of the thing that I think that's, it, it's, it, it's like the, the dark side. Of, of reviewing things for this long and this intentionally and this thoughtfully. Um, well, hopefully thoughtfully we try. Um, <laughs> it changes the way you inter- interact with your media. Um, I can't watch movies the way I used to. Um, I just can't. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, like, you know, story structure and, and part of that's, you know, writing, but also it's like, you know, I, I'm thinking about we've, we've, how many, how many movies have we reviewed? I mean, 50, 60 movies at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that gets in your brain. It rewires your brain, like how you watch stuff. And you're thinking mm-hmm. about character arts and character development. And does this scene work? How's the story flowing? And all this kind of stuff. And you, you're not just a passive observer anymore. And it's, it's, you can't just turn your brain off and enjoy a movie. I mean, like, I mean, you know, Bloodshot came out recently. You know, I'm a big, you know, Valiant Comics fan. I love Bloodshot, one of my favorite fictional characters. I could not just go to that movie and turn my brain off and have it, you know, enjoy a big, dumb, fun movie. I was thinking about like, you know, what's what's that actor doing? That's a weird performance. That's a strange <laughs> line delivery. What's happening here? Like, I think there's a scene missing because this plot is that there's like something missing here. It's not this part isn't working. I wouldn't have done that before the podcast. You know, I, mm-hmm. I could have just sat back and enjoyed the ride. So that, yep. that's my least favorite thing. You can't there's like you can't not see the flaws anymore. You can't just be the passive observer. Yep. Agreed. No. Yeah, it really does change the way that you look at things. Uh, speaking of editing, you know, I've edited my DVD shelf quite a few times, uh, you know, since we've been looking at things more critically. Hi, I'm Alton. I'm here to get my dad more listeners so we can get sponsors faster. So this is more funny, so more listeners. All right, so our next segment is the favorites segment. And uh, as with always, uh, our tendency to bend rules. Um, we had trouble deciding between favorites and best, like which we actually when we do the podcast. <laughs> so we're, <laughs> so we're, uh, we're just short-circuiting that for the award show. We're just doing a, a whole favorites section. That's right. So, so first is the favorite movie series, even if we didn't review them all. And so, uh, Dwayne, what you got, bro? Star Wars. 
Shocker. Full stop. Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars has been with me. Uh, you know, it's the earliest movie series I remember. I remember seeing the droids in the desert, the spaceships flying overhead, the explosions, the laser swords, the you know, the skeletal stormtroopers, the big black, you know, evil bad guy. You know, so um, you know much archetypal you know, storytelling in there. It was so bold and just straightforward. Uh, it really stuck with me and has truly been a favorite of mine throughout the years. Uh, through the ups and downs, the goods and bad, um, I'm sticking with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> still have, I've got a tie sitting here. I've had trouble deciding between. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to throw out that I love the Bourne trilogy and that I'm going to pick the MCU. Um, <laughs> gotta get you guys to watch the rest of the Bourne movies um, but I, I, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, I, there's too much of Star Wars that I don't love to, for me to pick it as my favorite series um, It's, I mean it, it reaches high points the MCU doesn't um, but I feel like the MCU's got a better batting average <laughs> <laughs> you're probably uh, not wrong especially at this point and there's no loss <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> but I just, I, I love, I love the characters. I love the storytelling method. I love, um, maybe there's gotten a little bit, a little bit too much of a paradigm. They, you know, repurpose for too many of the movies, but, um, but I, I do think that the movies are, are always maybe the dark world, not so much, but like the movies are always quality. Um, always have a good time, and it, it, and it's a it's a world and a set of characters that I've been invested in the comics for a long time, and to see them on the big screen done that well, and with that much care and love is just something that's you know, a, a, just a series that I love, and it's consistently good, and so I'm, I, I love the MCU. Awesome, you know, similarly to Jamie, you know, we we talk a lot about comics, and and I know Marvel is, is kind of his sweet spot, and and is all of us know, and most of our listeners know, DC's kind of mine. So uh, even though we haven't reviewed them all, I loved when we got to review Batman Begins. Uh, and it was a lot of fun for a number of reasons. You know, first of all, it was our crossover with graphically novels. So it was really neat to have Sam and Josh on. Uh, but also to do the other side and to look at Miller and Mazzucchelli's Batman Year One on that sh- on their show or on your show, Jamie, and uh, and just to be able to to compare those and talk about those as two totally different creative movements, you know that that have notes but aren't you know so the same as people want to credit it sometimes. I think. All right. Um. Can't go wrong with Nolan. Um, <laughs> I wanted to cheat and pick the Cornetto trilogy uh, by Edgar Wright, but it's not really a series. <laughs> I know, I know what they say. It's not really a series, right? Uh, our next award is uh, the favorite keeping it favorite keeping it one hundred that you didn't pick, and I'm going to go first because um, I'm going with Knives Out, and I don't. I didn't go back and look at the episode numbers because. Uh, I'm lazy. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't have a good excuse. But both of you pitched this for keeping it 100. Um, I think maybe a couple weeks apart, and um, I love. I, it blew me away, um, and it, it ruined a whole morning. I couldn't stop watching it, and so I, other things I needed to do, I kept trying to pause it and do something else. I couldn't do it. The movie is so good. So both of you guys, you killed it with it. 
Nase ans Außen. Yeah, that was a great movie. Great pitch. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Uh, My favorite keeping on her that I didn't pick was uh, pitched by Sam. You're dead to me, the podcast. Uh, The history of podcasts, (laughs) it takes a uh, a moderator with a historian or, you know, a specialist in a historical field usually and a comedian. And they (laughs) bounce back and forth with this, you know, facts and then absurdity and comedy and just some guy in the middle trying to make sense of it all. It's it's just a blast to listen to. Uh, it's so fresh and unexpected. Yeah, that was my runner-up. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, um, I would start with the Spartans episode. That's my current favorite so far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for me, as far as my favorite keeping it 100, I, I'm going to have to uh, go to Jamie. Uh, despite the fact that his brothers did not like this series, <laughs> I love Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire. Uh, I've been hooked on it since, especially since uh, Zafram started. Uh, you know, I'd seen a little bit of Lemire's work on the mainstream stuff, but not a lot of his independent. But I love just digging through and just seeing, I guess, the tropes that Lemire uses and the nods to comic book history and just to dig those little nuggets out. I just have so much fun with that series. So Black Hammer, definitely. Take that, Sam and Josh. (laughs) All right. And the last in the favorite section, and this is is super subjective, uh, (laughs) favorite movie poster art. And um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first on this one, too, because it's complete cheating and it's just it's my favorite movie. And it has a cool poster. So I just <laughs> so I'm going with Big Trouble in Little China. It's a really cool poster and it really captures the weirdness of that movie <laughs> in one still image. <laughs> so, uh, so that's mine. Yep, that's a totally absurd movie and a great <laughs> poster. <clears throat> well, I'm going to go with a classic a classic poster by a classic artist from a classic series, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You have Sean Connery, Harrison Ford, John Rhys-Davies, all of the excitement of the, the movie, you know, transferred onto that poster, the sand tones, uh, reminiscent of the desert, the, the classic Drew Struzan layout, perfection. It's just beautiful. You, you know, we, we so many of the movies we have reviewed, Drew Struzan's name comes up. You know, if you look at Star Wars, you look at Indy, you look at Harry Potter, and, and those are amazing. But I think my favorite movie poster, though, is Baby Driver. I love the composition of that poster. There's just something that, that pulls in that, that almost 70s feel, the, that classic era of cinema and just like I said, composition just stands out, and it's just—I just love it. It's cool. Yep, it's a beautiful poster. Uh, and actually, if you go to IMDb, they made about—I'd say—15 different movie posters, mm-hmm. and um, even like foreign markets got completely unique posters. And whoever was in charge of making those, they're all amazing. Cool. Uh, it's worth a few minutes to go poke around on those. They're all that mm. good. Oh, I'd, like, I'd love to see the other one because the, the iconic one here, you know, with, with his face larger, the card, and the, mm-hmm. the, the backing cast of characters there. Yeah, it's just beautiful. 
Yep. There's a bunch. I mean, there's a, like the, the one I used for the podcast image for that episode is like a, um, a comic book style version. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them and they're all really good. Sweet. Okay. All right, that next award is <laughs> uh, this doesn't fit anywhere, so it's all it's just hanging out in the outline all by itself. Um. <laughs> well, it's not really an award, but we've had some wonderful, wonderful guests on our podcast. Yep. So we just we would just like to br- to have an honorable mention for all of those, and I know I, I can't pick a favorite really, but you know, I we can. just had some great ones. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Easter wins. For me. <laughs> well, I mean, you've, you've had you've had one kid on. I've had two kids. So I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> uh, some would say that Sammy won, though, because he guest starred and then he became a host. Like, he was so good, we we kept him around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of like like a fungus. I just kind of grew, and it never <laughs> went away. <laughs> no, but we we have had a lot of great guests. I mean. Uh, Jim and Heather have been on and been great. Brian and Marianne. I mean, we've had a lot of great guests. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, it's, and you know, and the youngins. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the youngins we've been, have, have been an adventure on there. You know, we've had some great movies uh, to review. And that was fun to get the, the impression of a younger set. You know, I, I, Jamie teases us about being old and we tease him about being young, but, but to have actually young people on and get their impressions, I just, I've really, really enjoyed, you know, when we had Alton and Lucas and Esther, you know, for those movies that we did were just so much fun. (gasps) All right. All right, guys, it's time to put our objective hats on and Uh shift to the best segment. (laughs) <laughs> uh, maybe we can bend the rules still anyway of course um, so the first award in the best segment uh is best i wish we hadn't rewatched that um Dwayne, what do you got? We got, a, we got a few choices here. <laughs> we got a lot of choices. We've, here, we've got some. Uh, we've got some movies. I know pretty early on there was a movie I was kind of a fan of, and once I rewatched it, I was really not. But uh, that's not what I've picked. And this is going to be kind of a hot take for me. This is this is going to be a surprise. A movie we watched in a theater, done a little quick review, and then done a little bit further discussion of it. Uh, and then I've really found some holes in this thing as I've rewatched it. But uh, <clears throat> oh, this hurts. <clears throat> Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Um, I, I, I really, I mean, if I could have just kept my first impressions with that and, and had not, you know, gotten the critical eye out, I I think I would have, would have still been a little bit more infatuated, but yeah, I just wish I hadn't, you know, took a deeper look into that. I'm going to have to take my, turn my brain on the next time I watch it, but that, that's my Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. You know, Dwayne, Dwayne, I'm similar in that universe with mine because I'm going to be really honest. And even I pitched this. This I wish we had not rewatched the Star Wars Holiday Special. (laughs) 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 You know, I know I pitched it, but man, I forgot exactly how bad that was. 
It's like I, I've, I've even argued the redeeming nature of the cartoon for years. <laughs> and man, but just rewatching it, I was like, oh no, that's bad too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you put on that critical hat there is so Jamie, we've got Star Wars batting too so far. <laughs> Um, what say you, my dear sir? <laughs> well, I kind of, I'm kind of glad I, I've seen the holiday special now. Um, I, I, I ripped the bandaid off. It's on the checklist. I don't have to ever consider it again. Well, you um, know, James said, or I mean, Sam said he forgot exactly how bad that movie was. That movie is exactly bad. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> well, mine, mine is. I'm not going with a movie that I think is bad. Um, I'm, I'm really leaning into the rewatch part of this question. Mm-hmm. Um, Men in Black. I remembered adoring that movie mm-hmm. and thinking it was this, you know, special little sunbeam of a movie from the nineties. And then when we watched it, I was like, Oh, it's only okay. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, it was a, it was kind of a bummer. I'm like, this is just another fun action comedy. There's nothing really special about it. It's just okay, um, and also come like we talked about before, like with the credit with the new critical mindset, you know, evaluating things like, oh, it's not even that smart. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I wish I wish I could have kept my nostalgia for *Men in Black*. Well, you, you know, guys, those are movies that we wish we hadn't rewatched. But you know, there are there have there been some movies maybe we wish we had had that two hours of our life back. Because that's our next award. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've got, I've got a, I've got a weird one, um, and I'm, I'm, hear me out, okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of pitching something here. The Matrix sequels, okay? I'll, but I only want two of the hours back. I don't want all four hours back. There's two hours of good movie trapped in the middle of two hours of garbage. So if we can somehow extract. <laughs> Just the garbage out, and we not and we get those two hours back, and keep the good. Uh, I would I would cut that deal. I think Dwayne made a comment about how there's one good movie hiding in there. He's at one hundred percent right. Yeah, but there's there a, there's a lot of garbage there. I'd like to get those two hours back forever, permanently. Yeah, yeah. They they could have made one good two hour movie uh, out of those two scripts. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. But now a movie that that had been around for quite a while. Kind of maligned by some, kind of loved by others. I just, you know, it really just didn't sit quite right with me. It's the Rocketeer. Hmm. <laughs> that was the wrong week for me to miss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could I say you got yeah. straight? <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know, the the Rocketeer, we talk about just like a a dumb, fun adventure movie, you know, it kind of fits there, you know. Uh, but, you know, I think the one that, that going back through, you know, we watched a lot of Star Wars in the first hundred episodes. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about um, the holiday special and all that. But, you know, I'm going to stay with a Star Wars movie right now. Um, the Clone Wars movie is one that even when I revisit the Star Wars cartoons, I skip that movie. Um, and, and, because you don't hate yourself. And I believe 
they hallelujah they righted the ship with the series because I love Ahsoka Tano, but that yeah. movie did her no favors yeah. at all. No favors at all. No. Yeah. Don't you yeah. love Stinky? <laughs> what about R2E? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you can't. You when you do it when you do a Clone Wars rewatch, you must skip the movie. Unless you're a completionist and it just hurts your soul to, to uh, not to skip something, you've got to skip it. Yeah, the only thing in that movie that, that you really need essential for the story is, you know, the introduction of Ahsoka. You know, when she gets off the ship to say, hey, I'm his Padawan and not yours. You know, to Obi-Wan, she's telling Anakin, I'm, I'm Anakin's Padawan, not yours. Master Yoda is insistent upon it. You know, that's the only thing that bears any... Uh, you know, thing to the rest of the series, but yeah, yeah they really corrected her character. And, you know, as the story went, they, they she really was not uh, realized at that point. Yeah, that that one was tough. Um. <laughs> well, of all of these movies that we've watched and all of these things that we've talked about in our first hundred episodes, one of our um, awards is you know consistently on the show is best actor. So we're we're going to look whole scope and pick the best actor. Anybody want to lead in? All right, I, I'll lead in because I'll be honest, this is tough. You know, like you said, we've watched sixty some movies, uh, and there are some really good actors. But I decided to go with best actor and go with a younger actor, which is Millie Bobby Brown, because. She from from Stranger Things season one, as an actor, she just she's she's so wonderful, and everything I've seen her in since, I've I've just I like her. She's just amazing. I, I see. I mean, she truly has a future ahead of her. I've not got a chance to watch Enola Holmes yet on Netflix, but you know I want to see that. You know, and she will always be my pick for a young Leia if Disney and Lucasfilm ever decide to go in that direction. You know, but so I went with Millie Bobby Brown. Well, we do know she could carry off the British accent <laughs> consistently. <laughs> well, she does have to be consistent. Remember, Leia wasn't, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go with uh, an actor who's been around a while since the mid '80s, at least. Um, he, he devotes himself 100 to whatever role he's in, and he just completely owns characters he is sometimes insane sometimes so Steve sometimes <laughs> back, you know uh, with, you know notwithstanding his sin as batman um, i'm gonna go with val kilmer uh, most notably uh, from from his performances doc holiday and tombstone um, you know he just owned that role he was so devoted just a great actor so val kilmer uh, spoilers for later. He's going to come up again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with Emily Blunt. Um, and I, and she, she killed it in two movies. We watched, I think there were, I think there were three different ones. I considered that were in multiple movies we had reviewed and she, she was so good as the angel of Verdun, the cast iron bleep mm-hmm. in edge of tomorrow. And she was so believable. She believed that, that little lady was that tough. Mm-hmm. It was that intense and that serious, you know, and then in the quiet place, she was, I mean, so just wonderfully maternal, but also strong. And when 
all those really intense, scary scenes, she sold them all perfectly. And so, uh, just just the two movies that we have on on, on our you know back catalog just show off what kind of range she has and how she can play such different characters and such different emotions and scenes so powerfully. Mm-hmm. I think she really took the cake for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. You are not wrong. I don't think any of those answers were necessarily wrong. Uh, but now our next award is Best Performance. That's another of our uh, consistent awards from our movie review episodes. Uh, and Jamie, I'm leading off here because mine leaps directly off of your choice for Best uh, Actor with Emily Blunt, <clears throat> taking her role of A Quiet Place. Best Performance is Jim from The Office. John Krasinski <laughs> in a quiet place. I mean, just so wonderful, so you know, intensely protective. Such as you know, that movie you know just has such a high level of stress, and to maintain that throughout the movie, even in the quiet, loving scenes, you know, when they're sharing the music and the earbuds and dancing, you know, you still are on the edge of your seat with, oh my gosh, what if they make a noise is this music from their earbuds going to draw these things and you know, just his performance you know and this was a movie he wrote and directed it was beautiful beautiful performance I, I'm, I'm in love i'm in love with it oh, well i think me and sam are going to say the same thing sam you i'll let you have the privilege <laughs> so best performance Val Kilmer as doc holiday <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm your daisy. (laughs) You know, and and like I said, that, that when we did tombstone, that was my first regular episode, but, and so that that's special already, but just, I loved Kilmer as doc holiday. I mean, he sold that role and played that role just completely to the hilt, man. I loved it. I have trouble remembering it's Val Kilmer. It's just doc holiday. Yeah, yep. I mean, it, it he transforms. Like, yeah, yep, it's amazing. Completely. Well, next up we have the use of effects or design. The best use of effects or design in a movie. I, I don't want to go first. I've got a tie. I'm hoping somebody will take one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think there is. I think there is a, a you know one correct answer. It's a movie that came out quite a few years ago. Really known for its colorfulness and design. I know you think I'm going to say Flash Gordon, but it's the fifth element. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the nervous look on Jamie's face. But yeah, the, the fifth element, you know, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Jean-Luc Besson directed, uh, designed, uh, you know, he has Jean-Paul Gaultier, you know, designed the, uh, the sets, the outfits, and you had all of these supermodels, you know, doing interesting things in this movie. <laughs> you know, and you have, you know, and you have these beautiful people turning into monsters, you know, and, uh, uh, Gary Oldman, Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, uh, and Chris Tucker, just, uh, Ian Holm, you know, beautiful movie, beautiful design, beautifully acted, uh, that's that's the best use of effects and design to me. It's just great. And it served the story very well. Oh, definitely. So as far as my best effects uh, and design, I'm a Blade Runner. Um, you know, it's just so atmospheric. And the use of the rain, we talked about that a lot. And if you remember, I was even fooled by the matte painting. 
You know, I thought it was a model. And, and I mean, it was just that detailed and that amazing. So, so I definitely have to go with Blade Runner for that one for me. Yeah. Did okay. we help you out any, Jamie? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I, I so it's Flash Gordon. Uh, no, but that that will come up again later as well. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with Inception then. Um, there are, I mean, the the zero gravity fight scene. I mean, it's almost enough by itself. Um, but but just the way they do, the way they explain the technology, the way the dreams work, and they keep going deeper and deeper into dreams, and the way they show that visually in the story, um, and I mean, just and the I mean, in the scene where they're explaining to Ariadne how like, and she starts folding the buildings over, and it just, I mean, it makes, I mean, just visually, it makes the world make sense. Um, I just, and it's just a, an amazing movie to look at, even though Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm the only on the planet that does like DiCaprio, but um, I just, I mean, I'm just going to mention my other one Detective Pikachu. I was really tempted because they made something that shouldn't work visually work very well. Very well, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's such, such an accomplishment. I wanted to mention it. That'll oh, yeah, come that, up later. An honorable mention. Yeah, no <laughs> <Right>. doubt. <clears throat> Well, next we have the best movie of an era. Now, this is a movie, uh, the, this award I wanted to th- think like a movie that was set in an era, a movie that took place in an era. You, you just felt that, you fell back into that when you were watching it. Sam, why don't you lead us off on this? That one's easy for me, guys. Superman the movie, flat out. Um, Every time I watch it, it takes me back to being a little kid, to remembering what that was like. You know, that movie defined Superman for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though I've loved a lot of the subsequent versions, Christopher Reeve will always be my Superman. So, And you are correct. That's my answer. Superman the movie, (laughs) 77. Yep, it takes you right there. Yep. All right, I'm going to make Jim happy. I'm picking the Warriors. <laughs> that thing reeks of the 70s. The only thing more 70s than the Warriors is like Saturday Night Fever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I wasn't alive in the 70s, but I feel like I've been in the 70s because I've seen the Warriors. Well, you know, Jamie, they were trying to keep staying alive. <laughs> Some of them accomplished it. And face it, they had some bad outfits. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go to that decade more often. <laughs> <laughs> there was some job talking going on. <laughs> All right. Well, our next award is, I think, um, Dwayne put this on here. I think he was wanting to uh, make fun of ourselves on this one a little bit. Um, we've developed the habit over these two and a half years of reviewing sequels and never, ever, ever <laughs> reviewing the first movie in the series. So this award is uh-huh. best sequel we reviewed and didn't bother with the original. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dwayne, what did you have in mind when you threw this on me? Well, you know, just like you said, you know, we've, we've so often went to pick the second movie or third movie in a series, you know, with Aliens, with, um, oh, what was a few others? I know there's some others are just leaving me right now, but Captain I'm America, the Winter Soldier. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we completely skipped the first Avenger or even the Avengers. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I'm going with a Christmas vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. You know, we're just completely leaving out vacation. We're completely leaving out European vacation. We're going straight to Christmas vacation, which was, <clears throat> Jamie, a great movie. But uh, I, I, that's a. Uh, yeah, especially in this series, but then, uh, I totally enjoyed reviewing that one and having that discussion with you. <laughs> I guess I'm a jerk. I just don't like the Lampoon movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll go next. Um, mine was Aliens. Man, I just love that movie. And it's a weird decision not to go with Aliens. Because <laughs> it's the one that most people consider, like, critically acclaimed as the best of the series. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, 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 no. Give us the Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some of that sweet, sweet Bill Paxton action. There you go. <laughs> yeah, some for aliens. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Hey, if you remember, that that was our Mother's Day episode. So. <laughs> yeah, that's why we went with that for Mother's Day with the alien queen. <laughs> Well, well, for me, even though we skipped right over the motion picture, we went straight to Star Trek, The Wrath of Wrath Khan. Of Khan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And even though I like the motion picture, Wrath of Khan is probably the best of the TOS movies, hands down. So. Well, there's no accounting for taste. Uh, in my opinion... <laughs> We started with the first Star Trek movie. <laughs> I don't acknowledge anything before Wrath of Khan. Well, I just finished reading an unauthorized biography of Gene Roddenberry, so I can understand now why, why motion picture was a little bit of a mess. So. Mm. Uh, well, you already mentioned a holiday movie, Dwayne. Um, <laughs> so what's our best holiday movie? This is, I think, my, our favorite tradition we do on the show. I, I think this one's going to be... Uh... If not unanimous, I think we're going to go two for three on this one at least, but Groundhog Day. It's, it's I'm going with a connected one. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm going with our second Groundhog Day episode, with Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about that, that's our Groundhog Day episode. That is such a weird, tangential way to get to a Groundhog Day <laughs> movie. It's because it's kind of connected to Groundhog Day, which really have anything to do with the Groundhog Day like holiday itself. <laughs> <laughs> I just get a kick out of it. Well, I went with Elf as our Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, and I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. I'm not. But I love that movie. It just, it's just so funny and so heartwarming. And, and every year I watch it, so I was just glad to get to watch it with you guys. So definitely go Elf. Elf, great. Great. Well, we've reviewed a few TV shows on our show. Not a great deal, but let's pick one of the best. <laughs> I've got a three-way tie. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'll three-way go ahead and time. jump in. So, you know, we have, we've watched a number of, of TV shows, and I tried to spread out some of my awards. Uh, So I went with stranger things. Um, And a lot of that is just because of, you know, that just feels so much like my childhood. And it's just, you know, watching that is just remembering what it was like to grow up during that time. That was the kind of the early years of my nerdy foundations. So I just, I love stranger things. So that would definitely be my favorite TV show or best TV show. You are not wrong. So I'm 
narrow Jamie's field down to his final one uh, because I know this has got to be on his list. But, you know, <clears throat> being a musician, being a rock and roll band, they always say, leave him wanting more. Not often does a TV show leave you wanting more. Sometimes they take it to the limit and a little bit too far, and they have to bring in the cute kid actor to make it work. <laughs> this series didn't have that problem. They tried to close up with the movie. Some love it, some don't. I love it. I'm going to go Firefly as the best TV show uh, that we reviewed. It left it, you know, it, it was almost perfection. We wanted more. These characters were so developed. The, the actors were so perfect for the roles. The stories were intriguing, uh, masterfully done. You had enough time with each character to get to know them, but not too much. And like I said, it just left you wanting more. I think it's the best cast TV show of all time. I'm not sure uh, it's the best TV show ever made. It's the best cast show ever made. I, I don't think you're wrong. Okay, and you got that, totally That'll come up again, so. <laughs> you guys bailed me out. Those are two of my three. So now I can just say the IT crowd. <laughs> I love the IT crowd. And um, it's just such a quirky sense of humor. It's got those short episodes with the short seasons. You can get all of the IT crowd in you without too much effort. Um, and that came out weird. Um, but <laughs> Well, if you've just, ever watched this show, weird is it's kind of... <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's his stock and trade, guys. Yeah. Well, I'm, I made it awkward to highlight the IT crowd. Um. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, you made the comment because we reviewed it really close to our Inception episode. And I think the comment was made that the entire first series of the IT crowd is 30 minutes shorter than the movie Inception. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you can watch the entire first season or series, as uh, they say in Britain. You know, in less time than you can watch the Christopher Nolan masterpiece, Inception. <laughs> and there's really only four seasons. Yeah. I mean, they've got that one reunion episode that you don't really need to watch. Um, mm. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I've changed my mind about that finale. And speaking of changes of mind, what is our <laughs> biggest change of mind? Something we, we watched that maybe, you know, maybe you loved in the past or hated in the past. And now you feel differently about it. Sammy, what was your biggest change of mind? You know, I think my biggest change of mind, and it's going to kind of tie back to what Dwayne said a moment ago. I never understood the fascination with Firefly, but I never watched it. And when I watched it, I understood it completely. Yeah. And to this day, Jane Cobb is, is you know, a character that I love, and it will always be brown coats forever for me. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's my biggest change of mind. Okay. Well, Jamie, I'm uh, going to give this to you uh, for really sticking in with this movie to make sure it got on the list, to make sure I got to watch it. Because I'd tried to watch it before, uh, years after it had come out. I didn't watch it early on. I tried to watch it years after it had come out. <clears throat> and it was such an influence on other movies that it really kind of took me out of the movie itself. It was too tropey for me. But The Born Identity. When I, when I really sat down and devoted the time to it and watched it critically and realized what it was and when it came out, you know, it, had, it has influenced so many of the other spy movies uh, that had has come since. But uh, it was my biggest change of mind on the show. This is the, the Born Identity. All right. 
Huh? Broken Clock dropped twice today. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Matrix sequels. Um, I used to consider those abominations that I wish didn't exist. Um, <laughs> and I tried to pretend. I mean, basically, like when most Star Wars fans consider like the prequels, <laughs> just pretend they're not there. Um, there's, I mean, you all convinced me. There's more in them of quality than I ever, you know, really gave them credit for. I mean, there's, there's, there's good story in there. There's a lot of barnacle hanging off of it. But yeah. they're they're not as bad as I remembered, and they're not as bad as the slag I've given them over the years. And so the Matrix sequels were a big a big shift for me. Okay. Awesome. I used to consider there was a car chase that was worth watching, and then the rest of it should all be burned. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll um, preview the next one. I'm going to go first. I'm going to give you guys a bunch of credit. Best surprising first watch. Um, the Clone Wars episodes. Um, I was reluctant to even do that do that episode um, because I I'm not a big animation guy, um, and a long running animated TV show I just I can't get into it. I mean I've, I've started a bunch and I've never finished one, and so the the way you guys put together that episode list and helps me I would never have gotten to what are the Mortis is that what that's called the Mortis trilogy trilogy. I would never have gotten that far <laughs> on my own devices. And though, but that, those three episodes especially are some of the, the, the most thought-provoking. I still, that still keeps rolling around in my head. I still think about the Mortis Trilogy all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that, that really, that blew me away. I didn't think there was anything of that depth on that show anywhere. And so um, that really blew me away. Like, you know, that show gets a lot better and it gets really good and there's deep stuff in there. So that was my, my that for me, that was the biggest surprise. Well, you got to make it past the Mandalorian uh, Kool-Aid episodes um, <laughs> to get there. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, it's, it, there's some, there's some true gold in that show. And uh, if you haven't seen, uh, you know, the, the final season on Disney plus, you need to watch it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so in my surprising first watch, I was really not knowing what to expect with Live, Die, Repeat. I had heard amazing <laughs> things, and I had heard horrendous things. I had heard Groundhog Day in space. I've heard they have no idea what they were trying to make. Nobody <laughs> understands this movie. Um you know, it, it was it was a what was it, Edge of Tomorrow for the longest time. Then it was Live Die Repeat, and then it's Live Die Repeat Edge of Tomorrow. Is it Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> Live Die Repeat? Depending on which DVD you pick up. But uh, you know, watching this thing and seeing the performances of, of you know Tom Cruise and, and Emily Blunt, uh, Bill Paxton saying the same thing fifty times. <laughs> I mean, who would think that that would be gold? But Bill Paxton saying the, the same thing 50 times, give it to me. It's gold. <laughs> that's that's my lived, I repeat. <laughs> uh, you know, I think for me, uh, best surprising first watch was The Warriors. Uh, you know, I that was not a movie I'd ever watched. And I love when we get those opportunities to venture into new territory. And The Warriors was definitely one for me. And, and I, I really enjoyed that movie. I did. So. It's it's more fun than it is good, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fun watch, yes. It's a blast. Uh, speaking of blasting off, um, 
I've I've put an award on here intentionally for my pal Dwayne, who in, in any episode involving anything in space, Dwayne managed to always give an award to a spaceship. So I'm making it easy on you. Dwayne, what's the best spaceship in the first 101 episodes of our show? Oh, we have some phenomenal spaceships <laughs> in the first hundred episodes. I mean, we have the Enterprise, we have the the Serenity, uh, we have my pick, the Millennium Falcon, the spaceship with more attitude than Han Solo. Um, yeah, the Millennium Falcon is the best spaceship. Great design. You've got this off-center stretched out hamburger with a hole in the middle of it. You know, uh, you've, it just doesn't seem like it should work. Looks like a hunk of junk. Runs like a hot rod. Breaks down as much as my old Ford Escort, the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have to echo that. You know, and this is one of those childhood nostalgic things. I love the Millennium Falcon. I've always loved the Millennium Falcon, the fastest hunk of junk of the galaxy. <laughs> It's just, you know, we've had some great ones, and I love the Enterprise, but the Falcon is the ship. So. <laughs> okay, I'm about to do some heresy. Um, the Millennium Falcon didn't make my top three. <laughs> got the Nostromo from Aliens in third yep. place. Got Serenity in second. But the winner, and just for sheer coolness of how it looks and moves, is the Milano from the Guardians movies. I, I know it's nerd heresy, but I think the Milano is a cooler ship than the Millennium Falcon. Oh. <laughs> I like the Milano, but, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I'm going to rescind my next authority here as a uh, <clears throat> best thing from Britain. I put the IT crowd on there for Jamie, but uh, I'm going to take that back. <laughs> No, I really loved it. watching the IT crowd is the best thing from Britain. Uh, that was, you know, so, you know, of that absurd, dry, inappropriate, you know, just, just driving the joke into the ground until it's funny again, you know? <laughs> and just, you know, just, just keep on and keep on and keep on. You're like, really, you're going to do that again? Okay, I get it now. <laughs> I, I love it, you know, and, the, the one young lady with the two uh, absurd gentlemen uh, in the basement <laughs> and, and the insane guy upstairs. Uh, it, oh, it's just so hilarious. Let me know when you get to season two. Oh, I've, yeah. I've been season three now. I've been watching. Okay. There you three. go. <laughs> so you've met the second insane guy upstairs. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the more insane guy upstairs. <laughs> The very off-putting in saying extremely <laughs> inappropriate guy upstairs. Yep, you got to take it to the max. Um. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, much like uh, Nigel Tufnell's Marshall amplifiers, he does go to eleven. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to jump in because my I'm I'm narrowing it even. I'm going with the character of Morris Moss from the acting <laughs> trail. I love Moss. <laughs> and my favorite Morris Moss moment is when they're getting ready to play Street Countdown. And he's finished his milk. 
But I just, I love Moss. He's one of my favorite characters in all of TV. Uh, we just, uh, we need more of Richard Awadi doing stuff. You know, this was tough. And I think Jamie put this one on. He did Spaceships for Dwayne. He did Britain for me. And this was tough for me. Because at first I'm thinking the best thing from Britain, Lily James. And and then I thought Emily Blunt. <laughs> and then I decided truly the best thing from Britain was Brian Blessed <laughs> <laughs> as Prince Voltaire. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> Well, that movie's not the savior of my universe. Um, <laughs> right, the next award, let's just move right on fast, fast. Uh Is your favorite episode, this is not your favorite movie, not the favorite thing we've covered, your favorite episode of Nerds of the Roundtable. And so, Dwayne, what was your favorite episode? I loved discussing Dune with you. Because at that point, I had only seen the movie and the TV miniseries. I had not gotten into the book. And Jamie, you had discussed it from the book point of view. And the, the much more depth and richness of the characters, uh, uh, how that worked. I, I, I just really loved, and that really got me interested. Uh, since then, I've listened to the book like two or three times. Uh, and, and, you know, in preparation for the upcoming uh, Denis Villeneuve movie, uh, Dune. Uh, I cannot wait. That, but that was a blast of an episode to 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 have done. Is, was Dune? All right. Well, I'm going a very. Um, <laughs> I'm going with the Waterworld episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so much fun to tear into, and it's a movie I think we all kind of liked a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. But it's so ridiculous. Just taking turns teeing off on the <laughs> ridiculous mess of that movie. It was just so much fun to record. So yeah, the water roll episode's fine. All right. So would you guys ask me to help you round out the first year that I was on? There were two slots. One of those, <laughs> I said, Wrath of Khan. The first movie I pitched before Rathacon was Flash Gordon. And I'm going to tell you why it's my favorite episode that we've done because we had so much fun laughing. We have went back to that well, I don't know how many times over the course, just to make jokes. It's just, I just, there's something about it that, that makes it even more special now to me is because we just had such a fun time with that movie. And I love that Flash Gordon episode. <laughs> Did I at least ruin the football scene for you? Because no. I cried. Nope. No. Nope. I love that it's over the top and ridiculous. <laughs> That made me makes it feel like I'm with Magatu and I'm taking crazy pills. I just, <laughs> I don't. Anyway, let's move on. We don't need to do that again. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not so classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics.
<laughs> All right. So our next award is our. Uh, I'm not sure we're really picking anything here. Um, or best live show. I think well, uh, I'm not sure what direction you want to go there. Well, much like our uh, much like our guests, I mean, it's really hard to pick a favorite here. Uh, they were both so special, mm-hmm. and they're both. You know, so far one-offs because COVID happened, yes. and uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, kind of canceled the entire uh, you know event season. But you know, first our first uh, invitation, our first get to go to a show and do something was uh, you know the uh, inaugural Herd Kong, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Marshall University. We got to go in and sit down beside of the Ghostbusters. And discuss Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Although we couldn't hear ourselves. <laughs> I don't think anybody could hear us. Mm-mm. But man, was it fun just seeing the costumes, hanging out at this show all day, and you know, learning a lot about the con. Now, that was my very first ever con uh, I had been to. Uh, and being on, you know, the the inside of the table, I'm sure gave me an entirely different perspective. And then, uh, you know, we got to be involved in WheelCon here in our in our local town of, of uh, Williamson, West Virginia, um, at, at our local mall. And and as our mall came to life for the first time in 20 years, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we had a, a beautiful episode. Uh, of the Princess Bride, we we got to sit up in a room. We we actually mm-hmm. got to do a little bit proper production. We we learned a lot. Um, we did. I was, you know, I was recovering from a, a health scare, and uh, you know, it, it kind of helped pull me through some of that darkness uh, that was there. So so both of those shows mean a lot to me uh, in a lot of different ways, and I'm so glad to have you guys to have shared that with. So not getting sentimental there, but uh, you know, bringing the mood down. But uh, you know, it, those just meant a lot to me, especially the wheel cop. Well, well, Dwayne, you know, we've talked about our best, our favorites. We talked about how much we loved our guests, our two live shows. But now we're going to flip over to our worst awards. <laughs> <laughs> So all this heart, <laughs> heartfelt stuff, and now we're going to ease in. Okay, here's what we didn't like, folks. <laughs> I, have, I have a suspicion, though. I think those are probably our best episodes. We were... <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. I agree with you completely. We're ripping them up. Yep. Uh, so our first D-word um, <laughs> is worst movie. Um and I'm going to surprise Sammy and not pick Flash Gordon. <laughs> I'm going to go with this other first pick, the Star Wars Holiday Special. And I just, <laughs> I spent, and I just, I feel really, after after watching it, I feel justified spending years as a Star Wars fan avoiding that abomination. I was right. I was right <laughs> to shun that thing. Uh, thanks, Sammy. Hey, glad I could be of help, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I, I, I didn't go with a TV special because it wasn't technically a movie, but uh, worst movie was something that I pitched to Jamie very early on. 
And uh, then I realized it, it was so visually stunning. It was such a beautiful movie. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I don't think I was present to the whole movie, honestly, when I first I don't watched. think you were awake through all of it. And, and, then, and then when I watch it and, I, and I'm like, oh, did I see this thing? Really? But uh, if, if you go to Valerian and the city of a thousand planets, or the movie with a too long title um, that nobody gets. You know, you had Dean DeHaan, you have Kara, uh, whatever her last name is, you know, Jean Luc Besson, the director of The Fifth Element, bringing this thing. Out. And this thing looks like it could be a sequel, but boy, is it a train wreck of script. <laughs> and says, but Valerian uh, was the worst movie that, that I, I just can't bring myself to. to you know, like I can't believe that I thought this was great for a minute. <laughs> you know, you know he, here's the funny thing. I wasn't even on the show at that point, and I chose Valerian as the worst movie. <laughs> because you know how many times I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie, and I'll turn it on, and I'll get about 10, 15 minutes in, and I go, nope. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take the dive and just finish it just one time. Maybe just, just at some point we'll yeah, see. Just see yeah. <laughs> just was that was the most nervous I've ever been going into an episode because Dwayne had kind of built it up. Yeah. You know, it's this really fun movie. It's an amazing to look at. It's a blast. You know, there's a. It's not a perfect movie, but it's a. It's a lot of fun. I'm really like, we should do that next. So I watched it. Was just like scratching my head the whole time, like. How are we going to talk about this? <laughs> I don't like this, and apparently he does. And and when we walked in to sit down, I said, "Jamie, I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah. When we sit down to record, I said, "Man, I'm sorry." Yeah, yeah but I was typing my notes out, getting nervous. I'm like, "How am I going to say this to him? He seems to like this thing." <laughs> uh, so our uh, our next award is uh, or D award is uh, worst actor. Um, I think there's a right answer. I think there's a right answer as well. All right, why don't you go first, then? <clears throat> Sam Jones, Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> One million percent. <laughs> Love the movie. Love the movie, but the guy cannot act. <laughs> Block of wood in a red T-shirt. That's, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, distracting how bad he is in that movie. <laughs> it's pretty bad when your performance takes away from that movie. <laughs> like he's the he's the he's the dumpster containing the fire. He's so bad in that movie. <laughs> see, <sighs> see, I went a different direction on that. You know. <laughs> I don't know why in the world you would say Sam Jones. But uh, no, worst actor for me, I agree. Sam Jones is rough in that. Uh, I went with Halle Berry as Storm in the (laughs) X-Men. That's pretty bad. You're not wrong. (laughs) No, I just really, and I love Storm as a character. And I think Halle Berry is, is a fantastic actor. But there was just something not clicking there. So... I wonder if she was taking sleep medication or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you're, you're, I mean, I think <laughs> Sam Jones is the right answer, but that's not a bad answer. She wasn't <laughs> in the movie. 
<laughs> okay, so the uh, the next award um, is the worst movie of an era, and uh, Dwayne, I wasn't precisely sure where you were going with this award, so why don't you lead off and let me see if I'm on the right track. Well, my my move, worst movie of an era, you know, it contains all of the disco, it contains all of the the, the tele commercials that you would have. It contains all of the animation, all of the songs that <laughs> sometimes happen during the uh, variety shows of this era. But I'm looking at the Star Wars holiday special and calling you out. <laughs> you, this is a 70s dumpster fire. It's Saturday Night Live gone wrong. It's the Smothers Brothers on crack. <laughs> it's Donnie and Marie without the good looks. I don't know. That special, special. That special is almost worse. So <laughs> <laughs> the Donnie Marie Star Wars special. So, uh, well, I was hoping for permission to go with with a different understanding of era. Oh, um, this yeah. is this is totally open for interpretation. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm I'm bending a little bit. Okay. Um, so this is not a movie about an era. It doesn't like evoke an era of like of when it was set, but I think it does capture like an era of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Valerian. Um, that that sort of like five year window of you know effects taking over movies and absorbing like right. completely demolishing plot, <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. and it's just such a waste. I mean, the cast was solid. They were all miscast. I mean, nobody was yeah. playing the role they should have been playing. Um, nobody. But, it's a, but it's a good cast. The movie's beautiful. It's stylish. The effects are awesome. There's interest, but it stinks. It's a <laughs> bummer that it stinks. <laughs> and so that little window of filmmaking that I think it sort of captures from like the Matrix sequels through like maybe like Avatar, where like yeah. the effects had taken over the storytelling. Mm-hmm. It really evokes a really bad moment <laughs> in filmmaking. And there's like, like the uh, same with the Matrix sequels. There's good stuff in there that's just wasted with the rest of it. It's just it's a movie that should have been good. It could yeah. have been good, and it's it's a bummer that it's as bad as it is. Yeah, I think even Ethan Hawke was playing their own character. Clive Owen maybe, but I don't know. But Clive Owen was barely in that movie. He barely showed up. Like he voted present the whole movie. <laughs> but he, 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 I think he knew what had happened By the time he got to the set he realized this movie was going to be a dud So he's like I'm not giving any effort Anyway Well you know I think for me You know I, I was kind of with, with In Jamie's camp here just thinking about Era you know when I think of Movies that define an era You know I mentioned Superman the movie I think of Star Wars defining An era right That That's, that's a, just this time period but then we've got the sequels to Star Wars. And of that era, The Last Jedi is the worst movie. Uh, and I don't know it's where I grew up with Luke Skywalker as a real Luke Skywalker instead of his evil, grumpy twin. <laughs> um, but even when I rewatch Star Wars movies, I never rewatched The Last Jedi. And it has nothing to do with Kelly Marie Tran. I, I like her character. I think it's it's Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker and what Ryan Johnson did to that character mm. just completely pulls me out of that movie. Hmm. Hands That's interesting. 
That that's the movie that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm of the of the non like original trilogy movies. That's the one I'm warming up to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about the Last Jedi that really just maybe it's a personal thing or something about how weirdly I'm wired. I really dig that movie. I'm surprised you went there. Yeah, I just I, I debated. I went back and forth, but it just, it's just the one when I looked at the list that just was like, man, that movie. You know, hmm. so yeah. Um, if we if we could get the um, the casino nonsense out of that movie, then I mean, I, <laughs> I, I would be whole hog in on that one. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting movie because I think it challenges your conceptions of what Luke was, what the rebellion was, um, and it's really tough, you know, when you grew up with, you know, yeah. Boy Scout Luke, yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is, but yeah, if you can get that whole little side quest out of there, I think it's a lot better. <clears throat> so next we have something kind of a most unexpected bad performances. Okay, um, or good, maybe or good yeah. performances, <laughs> or unexpectedly unexpected. bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> So something that you were expecting to go one way and it went another. Okay, um, I'm gonna. I've got a hot take on this one. Um, Kurt Russell's terrible in Guardians Volume Two. Every time I rewatch that movie, it's more disappointing. I love Kurt Russell. He's great. He's he's charm in flesh. I mean, but he is just. I think he was bored by the script because he's barely doing anything in the movie. And he's got a big personality with tons of charm, and he's just sleepwalking through the movie. He's doing his Harrison Ford impression, and <laughs> I don't. I he just he melted in so hard. So I that that I was shocked by how bad. And every time I rewatch that movie, I'm more surprised how bad Kurt Russell is in Guardians Two. <laughs> <clears throat> well, speaking of mailing it in, um, I'm going to go with a character who who always his actor always devotes 100% to him. Even when he challenges Sam to his, uh, you know, points of view. But Mark Hamill in the holiday special. I know uh, there's, there's rumors of the, uh, of, of the car accident and, you know, he might have been, you know, on a little bit much pain medication at that time. Uh, maybe the plastic surgery hadn't quite settled into his face. But... Yeah, he is just not... I don't even know that he was able to mark present on those days that he was recording. I mean, he's just kind of like a just kind of like a mannequin in an X-Wing suit to me in that thing, you know. <clears throat> and, you know, and it's, it's, it's bad enough as it is. I mean, but Mark Hamill, I mean, you... you, you of, of anything, you know, he plays Luke earnestly and wholeheartedly, but he just... Yep. Okay. I had blocked that out. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot Mark Hamill was in the holiday special. Yep. Yeah. I, I think he know, has too. Yeah, really. <laughs> he, yeah, possibly. He tweeted something about it the other day. So, um, but just thinking about this, I went the opposite. I went an unexpectedly good thing. Okay. Tom Cruise is not exactly on my highest list of actors. You know, I grew up in the Top Gun era. Yeah, he was cool as Maverick. Um, But beyond that, he becomes very one-dimensional as an actor. 
But I was very surprised how much I loved his character in Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. That was a surprise to me because it's a movie, once again, a movie I had not seen. And I really liked his portrayal of, of Major Cage in that in that movie. So that, that was my unexpected good thing. So Yeah, he really well, put it out there. I had he's a really good actor that doesn't get the flakes enough. He's too busy being Ethan Hunt all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I've got I've got an unexpected good one. I just want to throw out real quick and then we can we can move on. But everything about Super Eight. Um, I was shocked by how good that movie was. Oh yeah. I, I'd heard good things. I actually I heard mixed things, but I heard people that thought it was pretty good. It was okay. Maybe, you know, it was a kind of a fun little nod to Spielberg, you know, especially his 80s right. movies. That movie is so good. And I think my favorite little detail is how good the child actors are in that movie, especially mm-hmm. Elle Fanning, but all of the child actors. They're all really good. And to get they that get many kids, to get that many kids to perform that well, that's, mm-hmm. that's impressive. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about what Jamie did there. You know, I I had another one that was an unexpected for me. And it kind of went back to what Jamie had talked about earlier, which was Detective Pikachu. That was that was an unexpected surprise. It's an enjoyable, fun movie. And I really liked it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was fun. Well, our next award, and we are winding down. We promise, listeners. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, A movie or series that meant a lot to you emotionally um, or sentimentally. Was there one that really, did it kick you in the feels or pull on the heartstrings or find the nostalgia button and beat on it? I mean, what what, what got to you, Sammy? Um, Well, you know, with me, and and once again, this is kind of going back. uh, You know, I've been a fan of Tolkien's work for a number of years. Um, I was late to it, but once I I really got into it, you know, I had never read the books. I'd watched the Rankin and Bass animated features. That was about it. And, and then when the movies came out, I really got into it and started reading the books. And so to have you guys invite me on the Hobbit episode, the first episode I ever was your guest, I think it released September 24th, 2018. Um, that just means a lot to me. And that episode still stands out, you know, as my first experience with podcasting, my first chance to talk about the book and, and just how much I'd grew to love Tolkien's world. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the one that emotionally and sentimentally kind of still sticks with me. All right. Um, See, I'm I'm the reverse. I grew up with Tolkien and came to Star Wars late, mm-hmm. so so, <laughs> and, and, and so I think I think that may be like why I'm more okay with the Last Jedi than you are. I did, Maybe. I, did I came to it different. Yeah. So, uh, mine mine is easy, man. There is a movie we watched that pulled my heart out of my chest, threw it on the floor, and tap danced on it, man. Uh, the Quiet Place. I think I cried for about forty five <laughs> minutes of this movie. <laughs> From the second. Emily Blunt steps on that nail to, I mean, to what happens to her husband. I mean, I'm I'm a sobbing wreck by the end of that movie, dude. Yeah. That not, nothing got to me emotionally that we've watched or read like that movie has. I mean, not, nothing really in a long time has you know broken through my cold, you know, black heart the way that thing did. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, and when that movie breaks, it breaks you. Oh. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, that that ending sequence in that movie is killer. But now a, a movie. Uh, I, I've had a really hard time with this one because there are so many great movies that we've reviewed uh, that are such, you know, beautiful love stories. You know, Princess Bride. There's so many nostalgic movies. Uh, you know, Elf. Uh, you know, that love story there. You know, the the look at childhood through the eyes of the Sandlot. But, you know, when we got to sit down with the fox and the hound with my youngest son, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know we reviewed Detective Pikachu uh, with, with my middle child. But when we when we sit down with the, the fox and the hound and, and you and, and you, I just seen his love for animals and his purity there. And you know, when you see the relationship with Todd and Coppers are going on, uh, that that really, you know, Kind of, kind of pulled at me quite a, a, a bit more than than your average go would. Yeah, so that that's going to be mine. I, it really is special to me, and I would like to thank you guys again for you know indulging him on that. Nah, yeah, it was it was a, it was a blast and a joy. Definitely. Our privilege. <clears throat> All right, so our next to last ward. I promise, listeners, we will we will stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is the un, unexpected inappropriateness award. Um, some of these movies we put them on the list. We haven't seen them in quite some time, um, <laughs> and there's a couple of these I think that snuck up on us. <laughs> yeah, just a little we, bit because we've we've got kind of a an idea for the show. We want we want to have family friendly content as far as our episodes reviewing family friendly ish at least you know content of the things we're reviewing. So um, a couple of these we've. Uh, <laughs> Had a tip bent a little bit. <laughs> Missed the mark. Just a, <laughs> Just a touch. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with Office Space. Um, there was a whole scene I'd forgotten. Um, <laughs> I'd forgotten all of the language. Um, yep. I thought there was a little bit, mostly Michael Bolton. I'd forgotten that it was every person with a mouth. <laughs> 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 That one completely snuck up on me. Oh my, yeah, I, you know I'm with with Jamie there. That that was one I'd I'd forgotten, and, and maybe I was just in a very different place in my life and didn't really stress about that kind of stuff, you know. But as I'm older and a little wiser, uh, you know. But I went with Men in Black. Um, I did not remember the amount of innuendo in that movie at all. Once again, this is probably going back to my cluelessness as a teenager. Uh, but, you know, I just thought it was a nice little SF rock, man. <laughs> and now that I'm a little older, I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't pick up on that one. So, yeah, I definitely have to go with Men in Black. <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember. Well, I remember um, one movie uh, very clearly, uh, all but one part. And I remembered, uh, and when I was doing my watch through, I was like, "Oh, junk!" You know, I just had to had to kind of move it there. But you know, I, I knew Office Space was what it was. I had you know had forgotten about the lady in Men in Black when not watching it for so long. But Sigourney Weaver's episode with the spirit in Ghostbusters. <laughs> um uh yeah was what it was and uh yeah. I, you know yep it, it, I, I kind of 
was topping this thing in a hurry when I came up with this award. Now, and, and it reads on our list, unexpected inappropriateness. We weren't expecting. <laughs> so this this caught me both ways. I mean, I wasn't expecting the level of inappropriateness. I wasn't expecting any inappropriateness. Uh, you know, in Ghostbusters, this was just such a, a, a kid movie when I was younger. I mean, we dressed up as these guys for Halloween. I mean, we were Stranger Things kids. You know, we were the Stranger yeah, Things yeah. season two guys on Halloween with the with the proton packs and the brown jumpsuits, uh, you know, yeah, brown coveralls. It was, yeah, really her little uh, episode there with the spirit was the <laughs> their I'll, view of possession was very interesting to say the least. <laughs> My runners up is Jim's appearance on the Warriors episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't. I yeah, wasn't he was to get that excited. Yeah, he was a one man e warning on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he forgot where he was. <laughs> he had an out of body experience. Um, <laughs> that's how much he loves the Warriors. Uh, so that's our right. last award is the movie that we have to watch in the next one hundred. So Dwayne, what do we have to watch the next? Oh. Well, there's a little ditty uh, produced by George Lucas, written and directed by Jim Henson. There's a spinoff on Netflix presently, The Dark Crystal. Dang. I may have to get get sick that week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've got the black lung pop. I've not thrown mine out yet, Jamie, so hold on. All right. Well, I'm going to go to the movie that I was convinced we had recorded. I went <laughs> up and down our list over and over again. I think we, I think I pitched it three different times to keep it 100. We talked about so much in the news episode. I was, I'd convinced myself we'd already done the episode. We need to do Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, yeah, we That'd be it. fun. It's such a good movie, and there's so much for us to talk about. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it would be a really – I think it's a great movie. It would make for a great episode. Oh, Yeah. All right. So so with me, I'm I'm gonna keep the hit hits coming. I love throwing out clunkers just because I want us to talk about them. So so far we've talked about Superman. We talked about Batman. I think it's only right. We talk about Green Lantern. <laughs> That's better than I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going Catwoman. No. no I, I won't even go there, gentlemen. I own it, but I won't go there. <laughs> I think Green Lantern would be a fun episode. Uh, I think it would, too. I, I got you back on that one. Taika, Taika Watiti, pre-Thor. <laughs> Things happened. Uh, it'll, be worth, it'll be fun talking about. <laughs> Decisions were made. Yes. Um, all right, so as we're winding yeah. down, uh, our next quest is one of Dwayne's picks. Dwayne, why don't you preview for us when we get back to our normally scheduled program? Well, when we get back to our normally scheduled program at the same bat time on the same bat channel next week, we will be reviewing 
Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Jack Albertson, Gene Wilder, and some young man, I don't remember his name, <laughs> in the Oompa Loompas. Uh, yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, this was my pick. This is a beloved movie of mine uh, from way back. I remember just just watching it on on the on the TBS on the made for you know TV movie whatever. Uh, yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right. It feels weird not to have a Keanu connection, guys. <laughs> it really does. I'm thrilled not to have somebody I'm sure, this week. <laughs> I'm sure you are thrilled. I'm sure you are thrilled not to have a Keanu connection. I've referenced well, The Matrix four different times this episode. That's our Keanu connection. There yeah. you go. As we look for our golden ticket, as we get ready for our next 100 episodes, Jamie. We're going to keep it nerdy as we head to Veruca Salt's Bean Feast. Welcome to Nerds at the Roundtable, a pod... Let's try that again. Take three now. <laughs> Counting Friday night. Counting it's Friday bad. night, this is more like take six. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, hopefully my brain isn't broken. Let's try this again. <laughs>